Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And it's always a pleasure to be with you here, Jill. You know why? <laughs> because I'm so nice. And you bring me cookies. <laughs> True. <laughs> so I am very excited to see what cookie you've brought to me today because it has lovely colors that yes. are, are not usually in our cookies. It's purple. Yeah. All right. And you're wearing a purple sweater and yep, a purple I went jacket. All out. I went all out. Yeah, I see a theme going here. I didn't know. I, you know I love a theme. I would have dressed appropriately. Thank goodness our listeners cannot hear me. <laughs> Very good. Um, okay. Yes. So I have made you a cookie with ube, which is a purple yam. Ube, ube, ube. <laughs> um, the idea of using ube came... When we were researching new ideas for cookies and there was some list that we looked at of, you know, the 25 cookies you should be... I don't remember which it was. Maybe Delish? Maybe. Sure. Maybe. I don't remember. Anyway, the purple really jumped out at me. And I remember uh, researching yams at some point and that often you could find a truly purple yam, but this is different than that. This is called an ube itself, right? It is, it is a kind of, yeah. It, it is. Okay. So I imagine you're going to tell me all about it. Well, there's so much to tell that we couldn't incorporate you can't tell it all me in everything. Cookie Lab, but okay. I'm going to tell you some basic facts. So I learned a couple of science facts while researching the history. Excellent. So this is what I know. Ube is a purple yam that comes mainly from the Philippines. Okay. And it is super, super ancient, like maybe the most ancient thing we've ever talked about. Really? How old would you think it would be if I said it was the most ancient thing we've ever talked about? Two billion years okay. old. <laughs> okay. It's not that old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. No. What I learned was that it is from 11,000 years BP. Before. For peanut butter. Oh, I had never heard of BP. So I looked it up and it stands for before physics. So anything that has happened since, who is the father of the atom bomb? The atom bomb? The atomic Oppenheimer? bomb. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Yeah. In the news with that blockbuster Oscar nominated film. Yeah, he made a good film <laughs> too. Once humans started blowing radioactive stuff up, it threw off the radiocarbon oh, dating. So scientists will have to account for that when they're radiocarbon dating anything since 1950. So this is 11,000 years before 1950. It's okay. kind of the science, scientific community's agreement on that, which I had never known about. So if you subtract 1,950 years from that, you would get like the bc i guess time yeah but close so right? 10,000 yes. 9,050 years let's call years it 10,000 years yeah, ago 10,000 years ago which is like as far as i know that's all of recorded human history that's human history right 
I have not read a 10,000-year-old text, so, yeah. So we don't really know. So it's old, 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 and, and, and people have been using it since then? Yeah, and... In the Philippines? An- another cool thing about it is that it is not known except as a cultivated plant. There are no wild ube, ube. so it's actually useful to track human movement. Oh... In because the, in the it, scientific it showed record. up here and yeah. then here and yeah. then here. So they, and the only way it could have gotten there would people. be not birds. Right. Interesting. It's so interesting. So they think that it came from New Guinea okay. originally, but it is most commonly associated with the Philippines. And that's where you can find the most different kinds of it. And the, and the oldest places that they have found it, I believe, are like in cave drawings in Borneo and the Philippines. So I'm not really sure why they say New Guinea, but it is now closely associated with the Philippines and the people yeah. there use it in their cuisine on a, in a lot of different, especially desserts. And we have a friend who's Filipino yes, and I do. have seen her post pictures on Facebook of ube foods. Uh-huh. Yeah, not surprising. We should have had her on this podcast. We can, Agnes, if you're listening. Yeah, call in. Call in. (laughs) (laughs) So it has become quite popular and you can find it in ice cream. I've seen it at JP Licks. You can find it in Trader Joe's. I've seen cookies. Trader Joe's apparently had a number of ube products. Yeah. And they used to say on them Filipino ube product okay but they only had an association with filipino that they were a favorite of the filipino community they weren't made in the philippines so they took filipino off oh okay what i read was that the filipino community was disappointed that they had taken that off oh really because they're proud of their culture yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so in 2015, the kind of the other end of the spectrum of Trader Joe's, something called the Manila Social Club in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Sure. You know it? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I ha- go there on Tuesdays. I, I to- do. I do. I, 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 they, I, they have their Tuesday ube. <laughs> well, that what they have is a gold ube donut, which is a donut filled with ube mousse and champagne jelly and covered with... 24 karat gold and crystal champagne icing and it costs $100 per donut and here is the picture of it. It's not purple. It's gold. It's gold. It's covered in 24 karat gold. Yeah. I bet it's purple in the center. I bet it is. Yeah. Or at least the moose part. Well, you know, the podcast is doing pretty well, Jill. Yeah? Uh, maybe we want to go to the Manila Social Club Okay, in next time Brooklyn. you're down in NYC. Yeah. And I will do the same. We can have my son who weekends in Brooklyn. Yes. We might dispatch him to check this out. Yeah. To go. And it probably isn't gluten free. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Although if it's made with 100% ube. No, it's just got, it's a donut with ube jelly. Oh, ube jelly. Okay. No, ube mousse and champagne uh, jelly. Oh, oh, well, okay. Look, we're going to listener, we're going to we're going to try problems. to find out more. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to try to find out more about that. But in the meantime, here's the cookie that I made you. It is a marbled ube cookie. Where did you get the ube? Oh. <laughs> That's what I'm about to tell you. I went to the Asian market that opened in our town a cup probably like a couple years ago now. Yeah, we've that been I there for been the mochi cookies. Yet. Oh, I haven't been there yet. Yeah. So, I went in 
and everything on the shelves is in, you know, the labels are, these are products from different Asian countries and I cannot read the labels. Right. So, so you have to ask for help. I asked for help. And the man who helped me was very friendly and kind, but just insistent that I didn't need the ube powder or the ube extract because I could make my own. And he brought me to the produce section to sell me yams. Yams. And I didn't want to let him down, but I also think when you're baking, as we have discussed, you know, cooking is art and baking is a science. And if something is calling for a teaspoon of extract and a, and two tablespoons of powder, how is the potato going to react texture wise, taste wise, whatever. So I bought four of these tiny purple yams, which he told me were grown in Hawaii and went home and ordered the powder and the, and, the, and the extract on Amazon. Did you do anything with them? I made mashed ube with it and brought it here in my thermos for you. Oh, wow. So oh, you can wow. take a pinch of that to taste it if you want. Just, I just put a tiny bit of butter in it. put a pinch between my well, cheek and gum. Or mm, This is great because yeah. now we have... It's a baseline of ube. A baseline of what it should taste like. Yeah. It's potatoey. Purple sweet potato. It's potatoey. It is potatoey. Like a starchy sweet potato. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's got a bit of a, a sweetness to it, especially afterwards, like mm-hmm. on your lips. Mm-hmm. It has a strong potato taste to it, which I didn't expect. I spe- expected it to be super sweet. Well, I assume, you know, people add sugar to their Well, one of treats. the things that I've read that the Filipino community has expressed displeasure with is that the ube products that are out there or the ube recipes that are out there like this donut with ube jelly ube mousse ube mousse and champagne jelly (laughs) ube mousse dreams and champagne (laughs) riches Uh, (laughs) exactly that uh it doesn't taste like ube anymore now why is that because they've added other things to it yeah so many like you lose the flavor of the ube so anyway, it was great to have a a control uh, product. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, welcome. A baseline, good job, good science. Thanks. There, Jill. So when I was research, when I looked up ube cookies, there are many, many crinkle cookies. Okay. And many with white chips in them, and I feel like it was just going to be like your magnificent red velvet crinkle cookie, and I wanted it to be different, so I chose this one recipe from somebody called constellation inspiration marbled Mm. ube cookies it's like a sugar cookie where half of it is has the dough that i have made purple with the extract and powder i'm interested to see because my son goes to a college where the color is purple and Mm -hmm. he's on the sports team Mm -hmm. if i like them i could make them for those sporting events or i could even make a solid purple one without marbling. i think the i think the marbling is nice because you get a sense of the purple the better sense of of the purple. Yes, you might need that contrast to see. Although the crinkle cookies that you can look up, I mean, they're bright purple. So, you know, as usual, we'll be tinkering in the lab. Are you ready to try it? I am. I am. I'm very excited. Now, I know what kind of butter cookies taste like. And you, no, yeah, you like said a, sugar cookie. What's well, like a vanilla sugar. butter sugar cookie with ube so i separated the dough after i had mixed all the dry ingredients and the butter i creamed the butter and sugar i added the eggs and vanilla i added the dry ingredients which is you know flour salt baking powder baking soda so whatever that kind of cookie that is Mm -hmm. i then divided the dough put the ube extract and powder into one half kept the other half plain chilled them only because i didn't have time to bake that day the recipe doesn't say to chill but we sometimes chill because of gluten-free 
um, it will taste better. And then I marbled them and they remi- it reminded me a little bit of when I made for Earth Day little globes out of a snowball recipe. Yes, sure. Um, but and those don't spread. But and these, these spread a lot. Yeah. And I gave one tester a sample and he was like two thumbs way up. All right. So okay. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Break that We've one in got half. A, a large ube cookie. All right. Here we go. Mmm. There's a nice crunch to the cookie. Got yes, some sugar I, on the top. I rolled them in granulated. Mm-hmm. I taste the sugar cookie. Taste the butter. The vanilla. I think it's great. It's a great cookie. Love it. If I had not tasted the ube, I would say it's got a great sweetness to it. But I think the sweetness is from the ingredients other than the ube. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm getting huge ube flavor here. It just pretty much tastes like a sugar cookie to me. Yeah. What do you think? I agree. It's beautiful. The texture is magnificent. The taste is absolutely delicious. You used ube powder and ube paste. Ube powder and ube extract, Mm. which was like black. What did the ube extract smell like? Did it have an aroma? I don't know. I only used a small amount and didn't take a big sniff. I can do it when I go back to my lab. I could eat a bunch of these cookies. Yeah, but they pretty much taste like sugar cookies, right? But good ones. So should I attempt something in the lab with the mashed actual ube? The cookie, the texture is so good. We have made sweet potato cookies in the past, have we not? I believe I've made like two different kinds of sweet potato cookies. So I could just substitute. Yeah, you could use that. That's a good idea. You could use that for your sweet potato cookie. But I also could just be happy eating these. Of course. That was delicious. Yeah. What did I do right? (laughs) <laughs> for a change it looked good it tasted good it's a winner of a cookie and i think the students at the colleges with a purple mascot would love these all right they'll be I'm like oh give me more they're delicious i'm gonna cook them up so ube is the rage you know if trader joe's is selling something that you know that it's the rage yeah i mean they don't keep things that don't sell right exactly so I wanted to do some science on the ube. Did I already do your science or do you have more science? Oh, I have lots more science. Okay, great. I checked around the internet and went down a... A purple rabbit hole? A purple rabbit hole, yes. (laughs) Started at healthline.com. Pretty reputable. What I liked about it is they gave footnotes you like footnotes that i could then further investigate oh and like find the original studies or what yeah. have you yeah and so ube is highly nutritious oh good if you had a, a diet high in ube you would be getting a lot of carbs of course it's a great source of but they're not like refined processed carbs it's a potato right exactly and so it also has potassium Mm -hmm. like a potato has potassium and vitamin c Mm. it has 40 percent of your daily requirement fantastic vitamin c it has protein it has very little fat and it has some fiber which is which is great for you. Let's put it in the rotation. Because it's a plant, it's rich in powerful plant compounds, including anthocyanins. What's that? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> anthocyanins are a class of flavonoids. We've heard that word before. We've used the flavonoids. Flavonoids tend to protect the plants from 
Critters that want to eat Critters them? that want to eat them and bacterias mm. and things like that. Mm. So people would love to have flavonoids help people okay. as well. And we know that mm, the jury's still out on those things. So the health line said that there were a lot of benefits and that studies have shown that the anthocyanins may help reduce blood pressure. Well, I could use that. Inflammation. Everyone could use that. And protect against cancer and type 2 diabetes. My goodness. It is a hit parade. It is a hit parade. So I looked at some of the studies and the first one was the effects of anthocyanins on blood pressure. And it's in the National Library of Medicine, which is a clearinghouse for articles. And basically, they said, in summary, results from the analysis do not favor any clinical efficacy of supplementation with anthocyanins in improving blood pressure. That means it's not going to help you. Not going to help you. Okay. Yeah. Listeners, we read the article so you don't have to. Interestingly, right? The quote in the health line was studies have shown that anthocyanins may help reduce blood pressure. So, and then they quoted this article. You might not know this, but I have a master's degree in science journalism. Okay. And that's not okay. Right? Opposite. You can't you can't write an article that's that says the opposite of what the research concludes that's very irresponsible in the abstract they say that there's a lot of talk about the efficacy on blood pressure and scientists would like to believe that there should be a relationship but then they did a meta-analysis of all the studies. Mm-hmm. And said, so there may be some studies okay, in there one that or two said, s- yeah. I but, still think it's misleading. Fake news. Yeah, absolutely. Eat the ube because it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the flavonoids. Possible. Or, no, what is it that? Antho. You can just say flavonoids, but um, anthocyanin. it's anthocyanins. So possible effects of dietary anthocyanins on diabetes and insulin uh, resistance. And that study said that there are major challenges of using anthocyanins for diabetes treatment and that those are the volume of anthocyanins required like to have an effect. Like you would need to eat the equivalent of like Gillette Stadium full of ube, of ube. to make yeah. a difference. Yep. And then the effects of anthocyanins on the prevention and treatment of cancer. And there have been studies in vitro and in vivo in the test tube and outside and that there is progress in the anti-cancer activities of anthocyanins, but the underlying molecular mechanisms are not yet understood. Okay, so scientists. further studies need to be back done. Back to the lab. And in all of these cases, scientists are using very concentrated amounts of anthocyanins, similar to those that are found or exactly those that are found in ube. So probably over your life, if you are in a community that is subsiding on ube, that it's a major part of your diet, you're getting some health some benefit. benefits from, but you're also not eating high amounts of sugar, refined sugar. So the diabetes and lots the of, cancer. Lots and lots and of other there's lots variables. of variables that go into this. 
We cannot, from the laboratory, say conclusively that eating our ube cookies prevents cancer. <laughs> I didn't. I, that wasn't even in my wildest dreams. <laughs> I just wanted it to taste good, and and again, it doesn't look like exactly like the picture. But we can say in the lab conclusively. Keep your paws off my ube cookies. Yes, <laughs> exactly. This is a paw keeper offer. Yeah, it is. I, it is for yeah. sure. Yeah, and next week. Is all science. Great. It's all science all the time. It's an experimental Will there be a cookie? cookie okay. Never before seen in or the world. Oh my gosh, Chris. I cannot premiere. wait for next week. Can it please come quickly? It'll come right right after this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> see you all then. Right, see you then. Bye. It's Cookie Lab.